Sociologists and criminal justice experts Joel Bess and Gerald Haruchi conducted an extensive 30-year study going back all the way to 1958 on crimes committed on Halloween candy and didn't find a single confirmed incident related to a child's death or even serious injury related to a random trick-or-treater on Halloween. Tampered Halloween candy is either overstated or not linked to Halloween at all. For example, what usually will happen is a child death will occur earlier in the year, like in September, and that incident gets linked to Halloween that year. We're seeing this very same thing happen this year with this Rainbow Fentanyl press release that was issued in August is now being linked to Halloween in October. This happened in September, but it still got linked to Halloween that year. But that is not to say that there haven't been any Halloween poison crimes. Everybody, make sure you check your kids' Halloween candy. I found critical race theory in my son's Reese's Pieces. What the hell is that? Hey, Stone on Air, if you are not listening to Brian Stone, who has been a fixture in Chattanooga for years, you better be, or I'm going to ask you personally why you're not. I'm so happy I could die. They were like, Brian! Yeah, <laughs> Brian! Yes. yes, my name is Brian! Finally, it's cool to be a Chattanoogan. Finally, it's cool to embrace this city. When some of us have been saying this for 25 years. Mic drop. Turn off the podcast. Stone on air. Oh, hey, just kill me now. Welcome in, uh, everybody. I stumbled on this old open and decided to use it. Welcome into the show. I am slightly frustrated. I'm doing my best to not let it affect what is a pretty thorough show. I don't know if it's going to be good or any better than any other one, but I put a lot uh, into this one. And I have this damn computer doing the hiccup thing I talk about every now and again, where it just kind of stops and then has to buffer as a recording. The audio goes into the software, and that makes it have little blips. And so far, two minutes and ten seconds in, to the recording, no big deal. Looks like it's going to be fine. But an hour and a half ago, it wasn't working worth a damn. I had to restart and whatever the hell else. Uh, and I was about to have a record-breaking early start time of around 8.15, which would give me tons of night left afterwards. But now it's 10 till 10 p.m., which is closer to about the time I normally get started. So anyway, all that to say, thank you for being here. It is the most listened to, the most downloaded the most easily accessible podcast in the city of Chattanooga that focuses primarily on things roughly in the region, and that will be not much of of a difference this week. Next week, I will give you a week-long out tease. It is election week, and so I will do an entire hour based around this specific election and other things that pop into my head over the course of the next hour, but it will be highly Political. Now, it will not be highly, well, I don't know if I want to say that. I was about to say it won't be highly opinionated politically, but I have a feeling that would be a lie if I said that right now. I don't know. We'll see. And um, this is going to, you know, this is an interesting time. It always is. The greatest, the most important election of our life. So shut up. It's not that. It never is that. All elections are important. They're all worth talking about at some point for a certain a designated amount of time. And I once upon a time did this show like I did an old radio show and we talked politics all the time. It's clearly not something I have any interest, interest in doing anymore, but on the week of the election, I will certainly spend majority of the show on it. So let's see today. I'll get you in the second segment of the show, this Miko worldwide guy who came to town and filmed for his YouTube channel. And then in the last month has been, uh, he was I, almost kidnapped to a certain degree, aggravated assaults by a bunch of people on him, robbery, attempted theft, burglary. Um, interesting story that I don't see anywhere here locally. And I'll get into more of that as I, as I take a full 20-minute segment on it. Pulled a little bit of audio. It's a fascinating culture. Of the city and of the world. It's a fascinating way to uh, communicate. And um, and I'll just I'll stop right there and, and wait for the second segment to spread out on it. You probably haven't heard of it because I have seen almost nothing on it other than the Chattanooga.com. And unless you're, you know, 
55 to 75 years old, you don't even know what the Chattanooga.com is. So that in the second segment and the final segment of the show, if you're a Halloween crazy person like so many people I know, you'll probably say, man, Brian just off being a jerk again. And uh, why did uh, or when, excuse me, did adults hijack Halloween? That'll be the final segment of the show. I'll have four pieces of audio here for you on the front. Two realist things that go together, the worth thinking about thing, and then the coolest thing. And I'll get to that in about 10 minutes from right now. So just a few things I've written down to myself here. Still don't have the heat on. Very happy about that. Just got the space heater. Looks like we're going to get down into the the uh, upper 40s tonight. Should be able to keep it off until, looking at it right now as I pull it up, I should already have it. Had it earlier when I was ready to go an hour and a half ago. We're back into the 70s by the end of the week. And mid-70s next week. Oh, this is so great. This is almost like a game in my life. Upwards of the 10th of November, it looks like it's still going to be getting to 70 at night, or 70 for the high. I might make it to mid-November before I have to turn that heat on. So I'll start with Leslie Jordan passing away. And when I heard about it, I just figured he probably just passed of old age. I had seen him at Riverbend. I'm not with my own eyes like up close, but I knew he was there and from a distance and I saw all the pictures and he, he certainly did look very energetic. So I, I wasn't thinking at the time, boy, what a, how old is he? And, or is this, he, he looks like he could be frail in any way. I think it's 67 was his age, but it was in the car wreck in Los Angeles. Of course, by now, if you care, you already know this. And um, the more I saw people talk about it online, the more I don't want to see, say felt bad about it because I, I don't really feel bad about it. I've never met the guy. I honestly don't know a single thing this man has done in in entertainment ever in all these years. I know he, I, I guess that Will and Grace would be his, maybe his, Highest claim to fame. Maybe that would be on at least closer to a household name. I know he, if you do the the IMDb dive, I know it's it's very impressive. I just have never known anything about it, and I've never cared anything about him. And I didn't watch that show, and so for years I would hear about oh Leslie Jordan, Chattanooga's uh, own. He's uh, such a great guy. I'm like, who the hell is this guy? He's like, he looks like Danny DeVito, except he's older and weirder looking. Or and that's pretty odd to be weirder looking than Danny DeVito but my point is I just didn't I don't know anything about him and um but I sure sure see a lot of people online who did and he seemed to be very very social when he was in the city as opposed to many people who are from here who only will come back for paid appearances and uh, and then claim places like Atlanta as home when I talk about Usher or Samuel Jackson or uh, Terrell Owens I mean uh, people I like that originally from this town, but they don't really embrace it anyway. And it, it does appear that Leslie Jordan did that. So that's, um, that's, that's sad. You know, it happens though. We all die. So Weston Womp is seemingly in the headlines every day. And I, Chattanooga.com is my main source of free information for local Chattanooga stuff. Cause the time freeze press has locked me out and, won't give me their their subscription for free anymore. But I believe it, it feels like he's been mentioned more on this show, other local podcasts and radio shows and, and, and news uh, distributions more in the last 11 months than Jim Coppinger had in the last 11 years. I, I believe there's, if it's not Weston himself, he's got somebody who is press releasing every single day something he's doing all the time, more than the city mayor Kelly is, and is that bad or good or wrong? I you know that's not the point. It's just it's a little annoying. As I've said now a few times, Weston Womp is pretty much who I always thought he was, and I don't. I'm not super proud that I voted for the guy, but I still think he was the best of the three choices. But the headlines that were the last day or two, um, Weston plans on making Veterans Day and Juneteenth paid holidays for city employees did not expect that. And I certainly am um, on board with that. I think that's uh, I think that's great. There was another thing, this long winded, uh, his comments and his quotes from his pachyderm club, pachyderm, whatever it's called club uh, 
speech he had the other night. Didn't really understand exactly why that was a headline. And there was something else here, and I've misplaced it. But this guy is going to get himself in the headlines as much as possible. And we're going to have to put up with this for a long, long time. When I need him, he better not be difficult to get a hold of and better not treat me like I feel like he has in the past years ago because I've given this guy a lot of pub. If When I need him, if he comes calling as easily accessible, I will continue to support the Hamilton County mayor. When I've never in my adult life ever even cared, thought about, or even crossed my mind who the county mayor even is or would be. Saw this headline, argument fight broke out between coaching staff, multiple parents after Udawa High School homecoming football game. Um... I, I won't go along with this. It said uh, officials stated around 9.30, Hamilton County Sheriff's Office school resource deputy at the Udawa High School football game witnessed a verbal disturbance on the restricted area of the football field immediately following the game da, 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 with parents, athletes, and coaching staff. The HS, HCSO de-escalated the situation by the field and soon after received word that there was an alleged fight occurring near the locker room between the coaching staff and multiple parents. Now I'm an Ottawa guy. That's where I went to school. And I know the types of people that live out in this area. It's not all that surprising. Um, it is still bewildering to me, though. I was at my brother's in Nashville for the Titans. And we were just sitting around, you know, just doing some day drinking. King of the Hill style, right? You know, sitting out in the driveway. And we were talking some story about uh, somebody close to us who had gotten accused of or charged of or there was some kind of a uh, situation where uh, uh, some domestic violence a man hitting a, a woman that's the extent of the story there's no reason to even remember what who or why but i said i was like god that's just crazy to me it is so odd to me the concept of a one human being punching or physically assaulting another and he said, well, I think most people would disagree with you on that. <laughs> and I was like, is that true? And I, I said, physically assaulting another person, let alone hitting a woman, was my point. But it is, I've never hit another person in my life. I've never done it. I don't know. I, I've, I've wanted to. I've been mad before. I mean, I could see myself pushing somebody on the ground. But, like, I'm going to ball up my fist. And I'm going to punch you in the face. Apparently, it's a minority feeling over here to think, that seems odd. Why would I ever want to punch somebody in the face? Is that actually true? I think it probably is. Uh, the new stadium in, in Nashville, speaking of which, is done. Uh, that's going to happen. Maybe spend some time on that at uh, a, another time. Let's see. Um, I forgot to talk about this the other week. The Tailgate Brewery or Brew House or whatever the hell that garbage company is out of Nashville took over the uh, terminal building down by the Choo Choo. Oh, my God. They went in and ruined a fantastic bar. I don't have the energy to go into it right now, but that place sucks. sucks. Looks like the food might be all right. Appears to be with a small sample size. The beer is the beer. I don't know if it's good or not, but uh, they took out the bar, like literally completely took out the bar. There's no liquor. The, um, the staff sucks. It's not that they suck. It's just not enough of them. We went on trivia night. All right, come on, assholes. You're going to have trivia night, one of the most popular things in this town and all over the country to do with, um, you know, middle-aged people, millennials especially, and you're not going to staff the place? We're only going to be here for two and a half hours, bro. It was terrible. Absolutely terrible. Now, I'm butthurt because I love the old terminal, but that uh, was annoying. And then I see this, the F3 Festival. Have you heard of this? You sound like Jay Leno. Have you heard of this? Have you heard of this? Um it's a festival coming to town that Nougat Today got a lot of flack online for the way that they headlined it. It was like, watch out, South by Southwest. Here comes F3. It's like Freight and Logistics Festival. A couple bands you've heard of, but it's no, you know, I don't know what it is. I don't hardly care. You probably don't either. But the way they worded it was like, you know, eat your heart, eat your shorts, eat your or eat your heart out of South by Southwest. It's like yeah, let's slow down there just a little bit, guys, over at Nougat Today. And I don't mean to be a hater, because I subscribe to the newsletter, and I read just about every single one of them. So that pretty much covers everything I need to do. So let's jump into the uh, audio I have here for you. The two back-to-back -back realest things 
it's the guy who is always, or it's the first this, and then, then they said this was going to kill music, and then they said this was going to kill music, and uh, it just hit home. This is the realest thing, the first, hold on, i got to turn that up, the first realest thing. So now it's social media killed music, but before that, people said auto-tune killed music, and then before that, people said Pro Tools killed music, and then before that, people said sampling killed music, and before that, the soulless sound of synthesizers killed music, and then before that, drum machines killed music, and before that, the electric guitar killed music, and before that. And I've had that one saved for a while to use, and when I stumbled on this one the other day, I was like, those need to go together. This is the second realist thing. All things are cyclical. We're all just waiting around to die, is what I wrote as the uh, the note to self here on the realist, the second realist thing. We're aging into obscurity. You'll naturally lose touch with all pop culture. You're becoming lame, and everything you like will eventually be lame. Your whole existence is a fad. Fashion, music, and art are highly cyclical. Yes, people born in the year 2000 are over 20 years old. It's obvious math. Plenty of grown adults don't remember 9-11. That's a good thing. You'll start to become conservative in ways you can't fully realize yet. Cut old people some slack. Let the kids have their fun. Just embrace that you're older and enjoy this youth while it lasts. Your muscles will ache and your bones will grind themselves into dust. Obscurity comes for us all. Now get off your phone and start dying. <laughs> it was actually a little longer than that. I uh, had to trim it down, and every word spoken is, yeah, absolutely. I mean, everybody from every generation, the greatest music came from here, the greatest fashion came from here, the greatest, greatest film, the greatest literature, um, whatever it might be, it's completely cyclical, it all comes and goes, and no one era is really more or less important than any other when it comes to the overall fabric of the historical nature of, of, uh, of our time, of our keeping records as a species. This is the worth thinking about thing. It's Colin Cowherd from ESPN Radio Once Upon a Time, now Fox Sports TV, all that kind of stuff. I like I like the way this sounds. He's just sitting on the back porch smoking his cigar, talking into his phone. You know, I was just thinking about this. He's got done working out, smoking a cigar. Every day, rest of my life. I'm gonna make a bet. Gonna have a cocktail. Gonna smoke one of these. Not gonna work out every day executive decision that's so much fun today get a little lift in smoke a cigar gonna pour a cocktail here all you boring do-gooders you live your life you know big decisions you gotta go with it don't even know how much time i have god it's gonna be fun i just thought it was just one of those kind of uh notes to self kind of things uh generally when i hear someone who talks about working out and they make it a point to tell you about it. It means they actually don't really do it. With him, I actually do believe him. But forget that. We'll just have a smoke, a drink, and make a bet every day. What? That, how that, does that not sound cool? And this is the coolest thing. It's one of the drum intro things I do. Try to pick the song before it's given away, if it is, in, in fact, given away at all. It starts off, it gives you three clues. And when I first heard it, I was thinking... Uh, Sunday, Bloody Sunday, maybe, but then it says American, so it can't be you too. 1975 was the year, and singer-songwriter was the next, the third and final clue. And if I told you that I knew who it was, I would be completely lying to you. So I'll let you listen to it for just a second or two more, and it'll come to you pretty quick, and then you're just like me, probably like, oh, of course. 50 Ways to Leave Your Lover from Paul Simon. Of course, that's what it is. But you see where I could get that Sunday, buddy? You know, that was the first thing I thought. Anyway, maybe you did better than me. Maybe you didn't. All good either way. All right, first segment out. Coming up next, who is Miko Worldwide? And who are these kids from, quote, the hood as these... YouTube channels were, were were showing and talking about and, and referring to it as, and where did the crimes come in, and who admitted to it long before there was ever an arrest? I'll try to make it all make sense, with maybe even needing some subtitles. It's coming up next. 
You just slip out the back, Jack Making new plans And you don't need to be coy, Roy Just get yourself free Or Hop on the bus, Gus You don't need to discuss much Just drop off the key, leave And get yourself Now more free. Stone on Air It's about to get all stupid up in here Stoneonair.com Hey, what's going on? It's your boy Miko Worldwide, back with another hood vlog. You know the vibes, man. Hood banger. Hey, right now we in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Hey, man, these boys got something special for you. But real quick, before we get into it, disclaimer, hey, we are not affiliated with no law enforcement agency. We don't work with no law enforcement agency. And y'all don't do nothing self-incriminated. All right, let's get it. <laughs> what's up, man? Hey, the main artist right here. What they call you, good dog? Slat, man. Slat, my That's brother, Beezy. For sure. White boy, Kemp. Yeah. Low, Lee. You hear me? Slat, Bobby, my dude. You hear me? We all outside, man. We chillin'. Yeah. Hell yeah, hell yeah. That's we what's up. That was the intro to the video on Miko Worldwide's YouTube channel, recorded here in Chattanooga. Sometimes kids get murdered for the hands. Yeah, I, I'm the white guy. I got to talk about the hood and bring in Everlast as my rejoin. Um, so who is this guy and what is this? First of all, it is so surprising to me that when you when you Google search Miko Worldwide, Chattanooga robbery, anything along those lines, all the top searches are Chattanoogan.com. It's like there's a uh, some kind of exclusive that John Wilson from the Chattanoogan has. Now, there's no that's not true. He doesn't have any exclusive nature or anything. It's just news. And it is a decent uh, resource for local news. It's just not the best. The Times Free Press is the best. They just don't make it very accessible without completely paying for it no matter what, which, hey, it's a business. I get it. But... It is all you find. I didn't. I couldn't find anything local three. I couldn't find channel nine it, of, of any of them. And almost always, if I'm doing a local story, all I got to do is just, just Google search whatever the story is, news or and or video, and I'm gonna get something from one of the local channels. Most usual, most most times, it is local three. For my purposes and what I do here, they have the best online presence from a TV news station standpoint. But in on this story, I find nothing from any other news source in this city. And I don't understand why. That's part of the fascination for continuing to go down the road of what is, at the end of the day, not that consequential of a story, but it's certainly worth at least knowing about. So let's back up a little bit. Miko Worldwide. This is a copy-paste from his YouTube channel. The number one hood vlogger on YouTube. 250,000 subscribers. Went to his Instagram page. 35.8 thousand on Instagram. The uh, drop-down from the YouTube. Ross, oh, oh, of this specific video, sorry, of the one that was from Chattanooga itself. Raw streets of Chattanooga, Tennessee with slat Z, Zy, Z, Z-Y. It's almost 500,000 views. And this was from about four or five months ago. Raw streets of Chattanooga with artist Slats Z-Y. This is the most well-known, well-respected artist in this city. Today we get a serious tour through his hood and the projects when he grew up. We also get to meet his family and other upcoming artists in his circle. Let's go. First of all, Slat Z, whatever this dude's name is, is not the most well-known, most well-respected artist in this city. That is completely not true. If he said in this community, he might be he might be onto something. But in no way, form, fashion, no parallel universe, no you know, real walking around talking to anybody. Has this guy even been heard of, let alone the most well-known and well-respected? But it still gets a lot of views because it's a very popular channel. What this guy does is he goes around all over the country, it would appear, and maybe all over 
you know, this side of the hemisphere. Looks like he's been to the Dominican and other Latin countries and gotten in some issues where he was in the middle of a drug deal with a camera and had, you know, like almost one of them was something I, I said shooting and I thought it had to do with the Chattanooga story. So I pulled it up and it had to do with a shooting potentially in the Dominican. So uh, this guy is no stranger to being, uh, to putting himself in a dangerous situation. So who who the hell is he? Uh, he's from Atlanta. Started making content in 2019. Man, there are just so many things I've missed in life and online content creation and being able to appeal to a massive audience. I I just dropped the ball on that one over the course of the last 10, 15 years. But the thing that really starts to turn this a little bit and the legal wrinkles start to come into this. In 2020, he was arrested in Colombia and extradited to the U.S. after being convicted of offering drugs to a 17-year-old boy sexually abusing him and tying him up and putting him in the trunk of a car in Georgia two years earlier. So that was in 2020. So that would have been the allegation from 2018. So four years ago. And, and the status of all that, it's never really clear. I never really find out, did that get thrown out? Is that uh, just an allegation? You know, I hate to be like most everybody is, the uh, you're guilty until you're proven innocent. I like to think you're innocent till proven guilty. But anyway, just put a pin on that and we'll uh, we'll come back to it. So this dude has put together this YouTube channel with you know half a million, quarter million, three quarter million regular views of his, as he calls them, hood videos from across around the the country and somewhat of this side of the world. And it's I watched the video and I couldn't figure out what it was. For initially, I was I wondered if it was like a we're going to take a dive so you can see the the seedy parts of these areas or if it was just kind of trying to celebrate it to a certain degree. And it looks like it was trying to celebrate it. Most of these are about an hour long. I gave this thing in and out of it about 30. I made it almost 30 minutes and I hit record to dump it in to try to see if any of it was even audible at all. It's not good, you know, it's it's not good microphoning. It's not really even professionally shot. So you're getting a lot of just really bad audio on top of terribly butchering, butchering of the uh, English language. And I know some of my super liberal fans have even talked about, you know, people having different ways of slang and talking and, you know, different ethnicities and they'll act like you're being like racist. Listen, Valley girls don't have to talk like Valley girls. They do it because they want to like, Oh my God, they don't have to talk that way. They do it because they want to stoner bro. Doesn't have to sound like stoner bro. He just wants to. And you know, dudes in the hood that want to, you'll butcher the entire language to a point where it's inaudible and has to be subtitles even come close to understanding what they're saying. Don't do that because they have to. They do it because they want to. It's just however you want to use phonics. It's okay. I'm not mad about it, but I literally couldn't understand what they were saying. Literally couldn't understand. So that was a, a, a futile exercise to try to bring you any kind of audio from that hour-long video, but it did overall seem to be pretty harmless I mean, it's not behavior that I enjoyed watching, just meaning terrible uh, language. Several of these kids, and when I say kids, I want to say they're anywhere from the ages of 16 to 22. Um, on the kid level, many of the parents, this is my mom, this is my daddy, all this stuff. And um, they all had the same kind of just terrible dis destruction of the English language and just overall language. It just It really was disappointing to see because you know you're never going to have if you're if you're if your immediate um influences you know also have this same vernacular and 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 just acceptance of what i consider to be not good behavior around young people guns plenty of them like strapped you know in the pants belt kind of thing um you know i don't know these guys thought they were getting the big time and in a way, they were. This is a big YouTube channel. Half a million views. There's nothing to sneeze at. And then this kid, who's the most well-known in town, which no one's ever heard of, is, is excited because he's getting the exposure he wants. I get all that. So it's performative, right? A lot of it is very performative. I have a feeling at night they're not talking quite that same way as they go to bed on a random Tuesday. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. But so where this story turns into a story is that... Dude comes back 
Miko Worldwide comes back to town for some reason. And it would appear based on some of the stuff that I have watched, and I'm going to play a couple clips. I got three clips to play you with a podcast that this kid locally, um, and then I'll give you the arrests that came with it. the, The guy came back on a personal return, not so much to record another one, and four guys robbed and 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 gunpoint, you know, aggravated assaulted the guy. And I'm going to read the entire thing from Hip Hop DX. Hip Hop DX is actually a pretty credible source for any kind of hip hop uh, musicians um, news. It was one of the ones that retweeted Tim Kelly giving the guy at Bonnaroo that I took the video of the key to the city. I'm, I'm sorry, his name is escaping me. When this online publication retweeted my video it got the most traction i've ever gotten on on twitter before clearly nobody who's ever heard of me or cares who i am i'm gonna get to that here in just a minute but this was just from two days ago the 25th fourth arrest made an assault robbery of youtuber after chase from west side to a crash into a building under construction on reed avenue police made the fourth arrest uh, of miko or, or of the robbery and assault of youtuber miko worldwide his name is Michael Wolfgang Nicole Nickel. Yeah, because I mentioned this a little bit yeah, last week. Wade Humphrey, 31, was arrested after leading police on a dangerous chase from the west side to where he wrecked on Reed Avenue. Goes on to tell more about that specific day. And most of this is going to be in also this other thing I'm going to read to you in a minute. So I'll leave that alone for right now. What else? One other thing I had to highlight here from this Miko Worldwide guy. He has a net worth of about $150,000. And he has over 200,000 subscribers on his channel. He earns about $285 per video, according to data published by Influencer Marketing Hub. So the guy's not like some superstar. But in this community, he's doing pretty well. And some reason he comes back, and I'm going to give you some conjecture as to why I think he does, based on this this numbnut slate the Slate D's, D.Y. guy, real name Tazen Vincent, who has been arrested for this alleged robbery and, van, and, and and burglary, he's saying it online. He's putting it on his own social medias, saying, yeah, I found out this guy was a, a, a pedophile, as he was calling him, because of the news story that I already mentioned a minute ago. And then they lured him back to town somehow and then tried to rob him and beat him. <laughs> Uh, let's go ahead and just, uh, I'll get right to it. Slate Z, a rapper from Chattanooga, Tennessee, is reportedly wanted by police for kidnapping and robbing a, robbing a blogger at gunpoint, a crime he later bragged about on social media. Miko filmed a Raw Streets episode in Chattanooga in June of this year. He returned to the city in late August where he claimed Slate Z and a group of others kidnapped and robbed, and robbed him. And here's their source. They link quote it here, hyperlink it. According to the Chattanoogan, Nichols told police he, had, he and two other videographers had met with a man near the Avondale Recreation Center in Chattanooga, but were ambushed by six to seven males aged between 18 and 24 who were carrying handguns. The group led them to a house where Nichols claimed he was hit in the face by a metal pan and, and another object, sustaining injuries on his cheek and forehead. The three victims then had their phones and wallets taken, with the assailants gaining access to Nichols' finances. After unsuccessfully attempting to siphon $10,000 and $15,000 from bank accounts, the robbers withdrew two $500 transactions at ATMs and transferred almost $5,000 to a person named Shannon V via Cash App. An additional $700 was also drained from Nichols' account. The group later stole the keys to all the videographers' vehicles and discovered a gun inside one of them. According to police, Nichols initially didn't plan on pressing charges until he saw a video of Slate Z and others bragging about the robbery on social media. The guy didn't even initially come close to even going to the police, this Miko Worldwide guy. Of course, remember the 17-year-old boy offered him drugs in Columbia, sexually abusing him and trying to put him in the trunk of a car two years earlier as that is reset in this article. So let's go ahead and play these uh, audio pieces. They're pretty short. This is a podcast. I don't remember what it's called. And they're asking him about this dude from YouTube. Yeah. But the other day, I seen a clip of some YouTube 
Like some some somebody from YouTube was trying to prank you or some shit. Hold up, hold up. So you said somebody was trying to prank me. Some, somebody did some YouTube shit, right? Some YouTube yeah. star or some shit, right? Mm, yeah. What they try to do? Nah, hold up, look, nah. Them, you talking about Miko? Miko okay. Miko. Yep. 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 Miko worldwide, bro, is a pedophile. Feel me? Mm. Like, nah, I was fucking with this nigga dope, bro. You feel me? He did. I had, I spent bread with this nigga. Feel me? I got him down here to come to my hood or whatever. We turned up. The shit it went crazy. You feel me? It said like five hundred thousand views right now on YouTube. Right. You feel me? We turned up though. We went crazy, and I was fucking with the nigga, bro. And he 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 was telling me something. He said some shit like when I was with him, whatever. Like, bro, don't. It's, it's gonna be some shit come out of my name. I don't believe it. I ain't. He told me that when I was with him, when we did after we did the what's called. I ain't know what the fuck he talking about because I don't, I ain't never. I don't really know him like that. Right. You feel me? So, so I'm just like I. Sorry. So he's talking to him about this, and they go in depth later, and he does it more on his own social media channels, where he basically says he admits to everything that they did. I mean, he's as guilty as he could be for these alleged crimes. But if you could decipher any of that, basically he's saying this guy's a pedophile, and now after he comes and hangs out with me, and you know we, you know my name is now associated with him, and so you know now this is getting a, a big mess. But he told me something might be coming. But I didn't quite understand what it was yet. Did that translate that well? I'm not sure. This is the second clip, and uh, he asked the podcaster asked how did he find out about this story about the teenager in Columbia? Yeah, How'd but, you catch? When did that story? So how did you come across that? Was it like an article? Somebody brought it up to you? Nah, somebody brought it up to me. They were sending me shit like they use your picture in this what's color. They oh, had my shit. picture on there. Feel me? They had my picture. Like they talking about bro, and they had my picture up there. Oh shit! See what I'm saying? Like yeah, not as nah. yeah, like it's already nah. a problem. That's too close yeah. to home. To I guess they had mine because like I was one of the like most famous motherfuckers on his channel, or whatever you feel me at the time. Right. And they they but they had my face. I felt some type of way. Bro never came to me about that though. Like and when it, he 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 kept on like after the fact, he seen like I right, okay, his numbers they were like when he did that with me, his shit was like shooting out there. When I got off his right. channel, his shit started to drop. You feel me? That shit came out. His channel started to drop. So he used to text me every day trying to get me to fuck with him. Like, you feel me? Like, put out another part two vlog. Okay, so I only have a little bit of time left in this segment. Only one more short segment. What it sounds like is this Miko Worldwide guy, and I'm this is my conjecture, is a gay young black man. And he likes gay or young black men, maybe white men as well. But clearly... It would appear that he likes young men and he's gay. And he was really infatuated with this dude here locally, slat or whatever, and was continuing to keep in contact with him. Again, I'm making this up. That's what it sounds like. And that's why he came back on an unofficial visit because this dude is now like, oh, you know, this gay guy, I'm going to, you know, beat his ass. Well, here, but he'll tell you right here. This is only about 20 seconds, the final clip I have. This is Slat here talking about what he did to Milo, uh, Miko Worldwide. Yeah, I was fucking with him. Yeah, I was fucking with him. You feel me? On game, I was fucking with him, but, right. man, shit. That shit was just nasty, bro. Yeah, like, yeah I feel like everybody, we, we, I, I got it brought down here. He kept on wanting to pull up down. I got brought down here. And I beat the shit out of him. That's mm. it. Yeah. But you got the nice little chain and shit, too. Yeah, and you can barely understand what he's saying, but I beat the bleep out of him. And you got that chain, too, because apparently they stole all his stuff. And so they're just sitting there admitting to crimes. Uh, it's very strange. Last little bit here. I'm just going to read. This is quote, and I'm going to not really say all the words because there's already been enough language here. This is from the slat dude from one of his social medias, according to Hip Hop dx.com which i find to be a pretty good source of information quote so y'all remember that miko worldwide n-word who did that documentary that vlog that vid had half a m right now on youtube and that little s-word came out about bruh effing that little boy slat said quote continuing the quote so basically what we did we had bruh down here yesterday we took his chain took his blick took his youtube plaque don't know what that means. Added, quote, it ain't even about him being gay. We ain't got shit against gay MFs. We just we just like bruh. It's like bruh on touching kids and shit. He effed a little boy. So that's quotes from his own social media outside of what he just told dude on the podcast. 
And I guess I'll just leave it at that because I'm at 20 minutes on this segment now, too. What a wild, wild ass story to have been happening over the course of since June until literally the latest report was two days ago. And there's not another so a media market or, 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 or uh, entity discussing this in any way, shape, form, or fashion. I, I'm not trying to act like I'm better than everybody else. I'm fascinated by the story as much as I'm fascinated that nobody is talking about it. And now that I'm done with that, let's hate on Halloween next. Now back to more. Stone on Air. That's exactly what I wanted to hear. Stoneonair.com Halloween used to represent a cool story that actually had some kind of meaning. Now it's a good excuse to hold large parties to get excessively drunk and wear skimpy clothing. An excuse for supermarkets to sell tacky merchandise. And most importantly of all, of course, it helps the children of our nations get diabetes. Seeing as the holiday takes place on October 31st, just about the beginning of our ghastly sub-zero winters. So quite simply, Halloween is a cold and miserable time where most people would rather rest in front of a fire as opposed to escorting their young children around town, practically stealing sweets from strangers they've probably never even met before. So Halloween is supposed to represent the end of the harvest season, and it was supposed to mark the day where the boundaries between the living and the dead overlapped, hence why you would dress up in scary outfits to mimic or scare the evil spirits. You can really tell how this story is totally remembered and is the prime focus of the holiday, right? Right? So that's one Brett telling you he dislikes Halloween, and I agree with every word of it. One last thought on that last segment is that historically, you know, in modern society, American society, American African Americans generally are not big gay rights types. Now, I don't know where things have shifted in the last 20 years or so, but I'm going back to, you know, civil rights movements days. There was no let's liberate the gays back then. It was just about African Americans. And uh, I don't think Martin Luther King Jr. would be marching with gay rights activists back in the day. So there's another little wrinkle into that where it, it does feel like they kind of baited this guy to come back because dude clearly was trying to keep in touch with him. And so he thinks he's a pedophile and he's gay and they want to bait him back to town to beat his ass and rob him. I mean, I know that can't be totally proven, but it feels like... That's probably the case. Anyway, sorry, I just ran out of time quickly on that one. So, Halloween is here. By the time I talk to you next, it will be November. It will be uh, five days away or ish, whatever that Thursday to Tuesday, whatever that may be, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Yeah, five days away from the midterm election. So, that will be all that is discussed next week. And Halloween will have come and gone. And I am not a fan of this dumb day. I, I I think I, I, I would be lying if I said I don't kind of double down on it to make it a bit of a shtick of mine, but it is not made up. I really do find it absolutely silly. I cannot believe that that adults have completely stolen bogarted in modern America this holiday away from children. If you want to dress up like Raggedy Ann and Andy, and take the dumb little kid in a stroller or whatever age they are, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, whatever the, the, the cutoff should be. I don't know, but um, there never is a cutoff. It's just a never-ending thing. If you want to do that, that's fine. I understand if you live in a nice neighborhood, especially speaking of Ottawa, all the neighborhoods I've been out to in that area, grew up around, you, you know, those are community events that I have no problem with. I find it silly if you go all out to deck out your house with fake cobwebs and all but fine whatever people do it for christmas many people also do it you know for thanksgiving and that's fine 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 i don't understand it it is a um it is a extracurricular activity that i could never see myself doing whatever the problem i have is is grown-ass adults and this really does come from the millennials and plenty of gen xers too they're not you know my my generation that is which is a split spliced hybrid of millennials and uh gen xers they're not they're not uh innocent of this either this transcends many age groups is they've just turned this thing into absolutely 100 party day 
And even that's fine. The problem that I have with the most is that this is the time to shine. If this, if you're so into this day, into this week, into this month, into this holiday, why can't people be better at this? Why can't people be better? Be more creative. Be more authentic. It is, it's like where TikTok and other social medias have gone where if somebody does do something that's a quote-unquote trend, they're just ripping off somebody else's and just trying to... It's complete fabrication. It's not creative and unique thought. It's so annoying. You The dullards rise to the top. And you would think that these people have an entire year and they love it so much, how could they not have better, more unique ideas? If you want to find the most dull, dim, dimwit people ever, just hang around Halloween week and they just, they're everywhere. They're absolutely everywhere. I, as an adult, have dressed up as a teenager as a beer delivery guy in high school. Speaking of dull, boring ideas. And that's the only time I can remember as an adult dressing up in anything. Now, if I go to a Halloween party over the years, which I don't go to Halloween parties anymore, but I used to in my mid to late 20s and maybe even into my early 30s, I would wear something maybe slightly silly, you know, something I wouldn't normally wear any other day of the year, but by no means is it some kind of costume. And in 2008, so the election is in, you know, the presidential election is in a week and a half or less than a week at Halloween that year. And uh, somebody had the idea. I don't think it was my original idea, but I loved it when I heard it and I almost did it. It was like, you should dress up as Sarah Palin for Halloween. We were going to a Halloween party that year. And I thought, that is a fantastic idea, actually. Not like get a costume, get the red dress. I had friends that were girls that were hairdressers and I had my real long hair, like, you know, past my shoulders all the way, you know, ponytail. And if I was 38, I might've done it, but I was 28 and I didn't want to have my hair cut into bangs. And they were like, we can style your hair. We can get you a red dress. We can get you the glasses. I was thin back then. And I would be an incredible Sarah Palin at the most opportune time, at its highest of relevancy, and very likely could go to any or at least some costume parties and potentially win a costume contest. And I said, huh, let me think about it. Hmm, no. <laughs> so if I wasn't going to do it then, I was never going to do it as an adult because I don't have the creativity for it, because I don't want the creativity for it. But so many people do love it to death, and it's just, it's bizarre to me. This is from theconversation.com. Why has Halloween become so popular among young adults? Halloween used to be kid stuff. To quit dressing up was an important rite of passage. It meant you were one step closer to becoming an adult. Not anymore. Today, adults have become avid Halloween revelers, especially young adults. Halloween celebrations have changed, too. Less trick-or-treating and more parties and bar hopping. Today, is alcohol is as important as candy is to Halloween economy. Some blame it on millennials' refusal to grow up and enter the real world. Halloween shifting meaning. Sociologists tell us that if you want to understand a culture, look at its holidays. Christmas gift-giving rituals shed light on how we manage social relationships. Thanksgiving feasts depend on shared understanding of family and national origin stories. Halloween, with its emphasis on identity, horror, and transgression, can tell us about who we want to be and what we fear becoming. Uh, more on the millennials. And just another quick preface. I'm not hating on the millennials. This is a, a multi-generational issue here. Uh, let's see. Costumes are identity work, but they are also just plain work. That matters in a world in which many young adults are stuck in unfulfilling jobs. Cultural critic Ma Malcolm Harris argues that young adults, despite being highly educated and hardworking compared to older cohorts, rarely find jobs matching their credentials and abilities. 
This is true. I agree with that. Us Gen Xers have been struggling with this. During Halloween, hard work and creative thinking matter. For example, costume contests and bars or online provide opportunities for people to construct costumes that meld humorous or timely cultural references with craft skills. You can do more than simply participate Halloween. You can, quote unquote, win it with the best costume. And my problem with that part of that article is, is I don't see enough of that. I agree with it, but I don't see the creativity. I don't see the authentic uniqueness to any of this. I see trends. I see copycats. I see frauds when I see people who lose their bleep over freaking Halloween. Let's see. An estimated 71.5% of Americans are planning to celebrate Halloween. That's up from 2005 when it was only at 52%. That is almost 20 points percentage points higher from 05 to now, of adults that are going to be celebrating this. In Great Britain, there was almost 700% increase of adult costume sales since 2019, or 2009. Excuse me. It also is growing in Japan, where costume play has a long-standing tradition. The shift from children's to adult holiday can be traced to the 1970s, when Halloween street festivals in several gay neighborhoods in the U.S. became to transform into adult parties featuring lavish and over-the-top costumes. So as it kind of gives a new meaning to what I would have said back in, as we're referencing 2005 a second ago, Halloween is gay. <laughs> I wouldn't say that now. I'm just playing on words here. Uh, in the mid-1980s, Halloween gained even more traction among adults, helped by the Coors Brewing Company, who ran an ad campaign featuring TV horror host Elvira. According to Morton, again, the person who wrote this thing, I guess. I can't remember who Morton is. Anyway, uh, the marketing ploy helped make the ghoulish night a beer holiday in the mold of Super Bowl Sunday and St. Patrick's Day. In the UK, Planet Retail forecasts Halloween sales will reach nearly $549 million, up 12% from back in 2011, adults are helping drive that rise. Halloween is a, a holiday that morphs with the times, says, again, whoever this Morton person is. It goes through cycles and changes its identity about every 40 years. Keep in mind when I say I don't know who the hell I'm talking about on some of these things. I just print these off and highlight them and I fly through it. So sometimes I mess that up a little bit. I apologize about that. And then just a little bit of how Halloween has changed in the past 10 years, or past 100 years, excuse me. Just going to highlight a few of these. And then I'll play you three cuts of audio that I just love. One that I've been using for a long time and uh, cherish it. And then a couple I've stumbled on in the last uh, few days or weeks. How Halloween has changed in the past 100 years. This thing was like 30 pages long. I just hit a few of the highlights and we'll go from here as I got about seven or eight minutes left in the show. Halloween gained popularity in the United States in the 1840s by way of massive Irish immigration to escape the Irish potato famine. The pagan roots of the celebration may be what led to its pop being popular with farm communities and people looking to connect with the land as the seasons turned. Uh, let's see, Par Halloween parties by the 1930s were standard fare in Halloween festivities. And by 19 the 1950s, Halloween parties were mostly held at homes instead of in a downtown center, a byproduct of the baby boom at the time and the holiday being increasingly focused on children. If you were trick-or-treating in the 1940s or before, you would likely receive a, ball, uh, a popcorn ball, nuts, fruit, or money. Manufactured and pre-wrapped, Candy didn't fully take off in the United States until the 1970s. Why? Because parents were worried about the potential tampering of handmade treats. Imish, uh, Irish immigrants who introduced Halloween to America chose to carve pumpkins instead of their traditional turnips, echoing the legend of a cursed man who navigated his way with a light in a turnip. It wasn't until the 1960s that America would see the Howden pumpkin, a pumpkin bread, especially for Halloween carving. The rise of Halloween music in 1962 was the year of the Monster Mash, a novelty song that was spontaneous party in a mad scientist lab. I put a spell on you later in the, in the decade from CCR would also 
provide the spooky songs. And the final one here of many I could have gone with, Americans are projected to spend more than $10.6 billion on this year's holiday. So this is my guy, Jim Rome, one of my favorite broadcasters in America. And this is from probably 2000, by hell, I don't know, late first decade of the century. And uh, it goes for about five minutes. I've trimmed it down to just a little over a minute. This is Jim Rome. And not that I want to kill anybody else's buzz, but this is not an adult holiday. New Year's Eve, for instance, is for adults. That is an adult holiday. Halloween is not an adult holiday. Hey, Rome, way to go. You're a bad guy. You're a buzzkill. We're just having fun. (laughs) You are. It's harsh. It's rough. Somebody has to say it. Truth hurts, but not as much as the rest of us having to look at your costume. It's not funny. It's not clever. It's not cute. Nobody is impressed. And just because you have a clown suit on today doesn't make people around you suddenly start to like you. It's not going to make you popular. If they didn't want to talk to you yesterday, they're really not going to want to talk to you in a clown suit today. And if for some reason they did like you yesterday, well, if we liked you yesterday, you wouldn't be the kind of guy that would put on a clown suit because that's not the kind of people that we like. It's an us-against-them deal. Them are people who wear costumes. Us, the rest of the world. Adults. Now, I'll go ahead and play devil's advocate, and I know what somebody could say is, oh, oh, yeah, Brian, all right. Mr. Authentic, right? Mr. Unique, Mr. Creativity. You basically put your whole uh, uh, rant and bit about Halloween over all these years based on what you heard from Jim Rome. It's fair. It's fair. It's not accurate, but it's fair. I hated Halloween long before I ever heard that bit into my mid to late 20s. I hated Halloween when I was 20, 19, 21, 22. Never enjoyed it. Here's one from, let's see, two more. Oh, here's another Brit's thought that I just stumbled on on TikTok. So it is the spooky month of October. Everyone's getting all Halloweened up and, you know, I'm just not. Yes, it is that time of year again when everybody pretends to like Halloween just to impress the dark, edgy internet kids who are also just pretending to like Halloween to be dark and edgy. What is so good about Halloween? I don't get it. It has no purpose except to fuel the real-life demogorgon that is capitalism by getting you to go out and buy decorations that you're only going to use for one day out of a year and selling the exact same sweets that they sell all year round except they put cobwebs on the packaging. I refuse to believe that anyone outside of America actually enjoys Halloween. I said it in my last video and I'll say it again. America, you suck balls at politics, but boy, <laughs> do you know how to do Halloween properly. And when you go trick-or-treating, there are certain houses that do certain things. You have the people that just refuse to answer the door, even though you know that they're in, because you can see the TV on. Me. And because in the UK, we're all pussies, we will just walk away instead of throwing eggs or toilet paper at their house. Or maybe that's just because we have manners. I don't know. I absolutely adore a British accent, especially a female's British accent. And uh, America, you suck bulls at politics. Final one here. This is from Christian Business Network. No, that's not right. Christian Broadcasting Network. The Christian Broadcasting Network, CBN. Well, should Christians celebrate Halloween? Some believe it can be taken back like other holidays, But a former Satanist who is now a pastor says, no, Christians should not celebrate it. I recently caught it with John Ramirez, and he had a strong warning for believers. You're pretty discouraged that you see Christians celebrating Halloween. Why? I don't know how you can cheat on God. I don't know how you can cheat on the Lord Jesus Christ, because I don't see Satanists coming on Good Friday and coming hanging out with us. You know, I come out in Halloween, I had a demonic wedding. Why would you put your kids, your family, why would you put your purpose, your destiny, Why would you put your whole eternity in a demonic altar? But people say it's just fun, candy, kids are having costumes on. But But you say it's much more. The candy, people from different walks of life pray over these candies. Witchcraft, they pray over the candies. You knock on people's door, you don't know the person that you knock on door, she's a witch. Okay, you don't know she's a witch, she's doing Wicca, she's practicing New Age, and you're knocking on the door and you come in, in, you come in, in, in legal rights of this witch or this wall or this person's practicing this stuff, giving you this kind of candy. Now you're taking that stuff home, you put that stuff into your body. Hey, he said it, not me, all right? It's from the Christian Broadcasting Network. 
I mean, you know, God and all that. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. I didn't say it. I am Brian Stone. Thank you so much for listening to the show. I am hitting the uh, self-imposed time limit, and I appreciate you very much spending any amount of time listening to any of this drivel that I put out there every uh, single week. Every Thursday is the goal. Happy Halloween if you celebrate it. I do hope you have a good time. I get it, but I don't. That kind of thing. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. All politics, all day, all day long as the biggest election of our, I mean, just another election is coming up. We'll talk about it next week. See you later. Bye. Yeah.